Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. And listen to me. This is the Fantasy Football Best Friends Forever show. Start listening to us or suffer the consequences. Inside of Studio 34, this is the VFFs. I am Greg Sussman, alongside my co-host, representing Lobo Jim, it's Frank Stample. Hello, Gregory. Hello. How are you doing? I'm fantastic. How are you? Doing great. Happy Halloween, man. Happy Halloween, Greggy. How are you doing? Doing your best, Ben Still, I love it, man. I'm White trying. Goodman, indeed. I got the I got the mustache going. I got my Minshew going. You got a Minshew mustache. I got my Ben Stiller. I love got it. my Globo Gym. I'm I am wearing such tight clothing right now. It feels like I'm not wearing any clothing at all. I think some of our and viewers. This is awesome. I think some of our <laughs> viewers would prefer if you weren't wearing clothing. Um. Maybe maybe one percent of our viewing audience, Craig. We'll take it. I'm pretty sure ninety nine percent were wishing that I was wearing more clothing right now. I don't know about that, man. I think you look. <laughs> I think you look. I think you look fantastic. Well, he is Frank Stample. I am Greg Sausman. Welcome to the Fantasy BFFs, the Halloween edition. Normally, I, I've Greg, some, I love your costume. I've had some great costumes in the past. Yeah, you really went all out today. But this year, it just it just didn't happen. Put man. on a helmet or something. I, Here, we got we got to do something. Hold with on. You. I, Go put on that hat over there. I got an idea. Put on a fedora. I got an idea. Hold on. Well, go get Jeff the Skeleton. I, the, fedora, the fedora would really look good in my... my, uh, my I don't know. You, you would 50-year-old flirty. You know action. who you would look Hold like? On, you I, put the hat on, you would look like the guy from uh, Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Jason Segel? Yeah. I want to try, like try something. You didn't dodge it. You're a crappy dodgeball player. I, you can I, dodge a pen. I, I'm good at dodge dodgeball. I'm good at dodgeball. You just come watch me play. If you dodge a pen, you can dodge a ball. It's a wrench. Greg. You didn't dodge the pen. Oh my god! I'm gonna throw a wrench at you. <laughs> yes. All right. Go find one. I do participate in a dodgeball league, and Greg Sussman, while he walks out of here and breaks everything, I do participate in a dodgeball league. So that's why, I kind of, sparked my interest in this Halloween costume. Fun fact: my fiance, she's going as one of the average Joes. So there you go. That's what we've got going on for Halloween here. Which right? average Joe is she? I don't know, whichever one you want her to be, I guess. I mean, she's not my fiance. <laughs> she's just wearing an average Joe's costume. She's got the red headband and everything. Oh, so would you say she's, she's Peter Lafleur? Is she Peter Lafleur? I don't know. Or is she Peter? Or is she um, Ben Stiller's wife? The, the, the bald guy who wears uh, wears the red headband. Oh, like, um, they got lasers, tasers, and all kind of blazes. <laughs> 
She could be like Milton. <laughs> Which one's Milton? He's Milton in the office. I forgot his name. In the, he's the one that reads the magazine, the fat guy. Milton is his name in the office. Not in the office, in that office space. I haven't seen Steven. Office Space. That's why you're saying The Office. I'm like, Greg, you know what? I've watched a lot of The Office. You don't I don't watch, know anyone named you don't Milton. Watch Barry. You don't watch Barry? I do not watch Barry. All right, so it's Stephen Root is the actor's name? Oh, Stephen Root. You don't know who Stephen Root is. <laughs> uh, currently Googling Stephen Root. He plays... Oh, I know this. Yeah, he's... Um, Milton in The Office Space. He was also in Dodgeball, I think. That's why I brought it up! Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the he, guy with the glasses. I just said that! Yeah, he's got the, the wife that cheats on him, and it gets him angry! It gets him mean! Precisely. <laughs> That's him. <laughs> that, that's correct. You're in, lucky uh, I don't have my uh, my fitness consigliere Michelle with me here, Greg. In, in Dodgeball, he uh, is Gordon. Gordon, that's correct. That's right. All right. Um, Frank, the Washington Nationals are the World Series champs. Yes, they are. Did you watch the game last night? I watched a lot of the game in the background while I was uh, taking all my notes for this week's fantasy football slate. So I had a lot going on last night. I was watching the Knicks on my phone. I always got this crazy setup going on Wednesday nights because there's so much happening. Two laptops, one laptop with the research, one laptop, I'm inputting the research. The phone, we're watching the Knicks on the phone. The TV, we've got the World Series on the TV. So Wednesdays, a lot going on. I did not get to watch any wrestling, so probably catch up on some AEW this weekend. I watched uh, NXT this morning before I came to work because I didn't have time to watch any wrestling last night. I was watching the NBA, I was watching the World Series. Um, Steph Curry, tough break, literally. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to bring up the World Series because I heard Gabe go off this morning about um, about AJ Hinch and analytics, blah, blah, blah. And like, Alex, you can attest to this, dude. Like, you were there. Like, I don't really care. Like, everyone can have their takes, and that's fine. Like, I don't get involved in people's takes. But this take was so bad, man. Brian, you were there too. Like, it was so bad, these takes. Like, oh, I guess analytics lose because the Astros lost. The Nationals are old school. Like, what? Yeah, you're telling me the Nationals don't use analytics no, at all either? It was just like, you know why? Because Adam, Adam Eaton, he doesn't try to hit the home run or cares about a launch angle. He just hit a clean signal up the middle. And I'm like... Who said that? Gabe, like what? We should probably set him up with John Sterling. I just don't, they like, can go hang out like, together. Adam Eaton had a huge hit. Don't get me wrong, but like, analytics? That is so John Sterling though, right? Because John Sterling will, will always call out, well, if the shift wasn't in play, the Yankees would have had that one. But he doesn't call out all the times that the Yankees get outs because they have players in the shift, right? Here's the thing. So here's the thing about last night. And I watch, obviously I watched the whole game last night. I don't really have a problem. I only have a problem with one thing that AJ Hinch did last night. Truly. I had no issue, personally, pulling Greeky when he did it. He had 80 pitches. He walked a borderline walk. I get it. Allowed the solo home run. He, that was an egregious call, too. Agreed. So here's what happens, right? Let's say he doesn't pull Grinky. Next batter, single, walks. Now it's two on. Next batter's up. Now you're pulling Grinky, right? No, there's no question you're pulling Grinky. But you put Will Harris in a better spot. And maybe Will Harris wasn't the guy. He was tired. Fine. But he's been your guy all postseason. And you don't want to bring Garrett Cole or a different starter in in that moment, in the middle of it. You don't want to do it. So you bring in the guy that's been the best. And if you want to make the case that Joe Buck did last night, it was like, hey, this is when you bring in Roberto Osuna. I'm okay with that. That's a fair critique. But... No issue with pulling Greeky when he did. My issue with Hinch, the only issue I had, bases are loaded. Now the season's on the line, right? You're down, so you got to keep it where it is at two runs. You don't bring in Jose Urquidy when you have Garrett Cole sitting there. That you can't do. Yeah, I either would have left Granky in personally, or sure. I, I would have rather them go to Garrett Cole, right? Like, Garrett Even Cole's super spot. frustrated after the game, you know, putting on his Scott Boris hat. I am no longer employed by the Houston Astros. Looking good for uh, the New York Yankees, Let's if go! I must say so myself. 
But yeah, Garrett Cole should have ended up in that game last night. He was ready to go. On the program today, Virginia Zakis will join us. We'll preview Thursday Night Football and a little more strategic conversation. That comes your way next. Are you ready for the nation's first and only free 24-hour network dedicated to you, the betting and fantasy sports enthusiast? SportsGrid will provide you with real-time content, statistics, and gaming intelligence unlike anything you've ever seen before. Located both in the heart of New York City and inside the FanDuel Sportsbook at the Meadowlands, SportsGrid is live 18 hours a day, here to serve you, the fanatic. This is SportsGrid. Get on the grid. And suddenly, to my surprise, he did the match. He did the monster match. The monster match. It was a graveyard smash. He did the match. We're back with you. The FFs. I'm trying to buy into this Jason Siegel thing. What am I doing? You really do look like him. He's wearing. I watched it recently. I watched it back on my flight I kinda thought from, about that. from Poland. And he was wearing a baggy button-down shirt. Yeah. And I think there was a point where he was wearing a fedora. You know, absolutely. Like, yeah. Absolutely. It was crazy. He always had like a weird drink in his hands. It was so. crazy about this shirt. We're makeshifting costumes right it, here on the show. You know what's crazy about this, this baggy button-down shirt? What about it? I've had this for like 15 years. You've had that for 15 years? I had this at least since I, like my junior year of college, so like. 35 years, and you're right. Yeah, 35 years. Yeah. So, you're wow, 10 years, 10 uh, years. 10 years. That shirt's been through a lot, Greg. It has been. Yeah. Back, uh, back in World War II, you know? Yeah. I didn't even know they made shirts like that. Oh, you look, look good. Yeah, you look great. You look great. You're killing it, bud. Let's, uh, let's do some fantasy football. Let's All right. Go. Should we get to um, the leftovers portion of the show, shall you say? Sure. Let's go. Let's hit it. Who was left in your waiver wire? We'll tell you right now. It's time for the leftovers. Still hungry? Didn't get your fill from the waiver wire? Now I want more. The BFFs has your leftovers. Watch this. Never mind. Give me a whole lot of... It's leftovers time here on the BFFs. Hopefully you have a lot of candy left over a little bit later on tonight. But first, we'll tell you who's left over on the waiver wire instead. And we begin, Frankie, well, we begin with Detroit. And specifically, your boy... He's not even on your list. How about that? Your boy, Danny Amendola. Jim Saj was talking about him earlier today on the FanDuel. Hurry up. People aren't believing in Danny A. But he's been kind of good. You've talked about him a lot this week. We know about Marvin Jones. We know about Kenny Galladay. Would you actually pick up and start Danny Amendola this week? I do have him ranked outside my top 36, but not far outside. He is uh, He's right there. And I'm definitely intrigued in this matchup. Back-to-back games with eight receptions for Danny Amendola. Played right around 65% of the snaps last week. Both he and Galladay have the best matchups against this Oakland secondary, according to PFF. And Oakland's giving up the six most fantasy points to opposing wide receivers. This game has a 50.5 over under. We expect points back and forth. I do like Danny Amendola in the spot, Greg. I would be uh, I would be adding him. And if you got someone on a bye week, I, I think he's a start. Absolutely Danny Amendola, if you're desperate, consider starting him, indeed. What about your New York Jet, Demarius Thomas? Robbie Anderson still part of the team. Did you uh, start Demarius Thomas this week? I have Demarius Thomas in a similar range as Danny Amendola this week. Rankings will be out soon on rotoexperts.com. Ding! But I do have him behind Danny Amendola because... 
There's still three Nate. There's still three wide receivers here for the Jets, and we do have our concerns over this Jets offense, right? Like we expect them to do well this week because the Dolphins are 32nd in pass defense DVOA. They are 31st in defensive yards per play so far this season. The Dolphins are very bad. Demarius Thomas, the targets have been up, but ultimately, I am trusting Matt Stafford and the Lions offense over the Jets right now. I don't think adding. Uh, Demarius Thomas is a bad idea, Greg. In deeper leagues, this stretch run coming up for the New York Jets the next six weeks is a really, really good schedule. But if you're asking me between Demarius and Amendola, I lean Amendola, but I do like adding Demarius. Let me add another piece to that conversation at the wide receiver position. That brings me to Oakland, where Hunter Renfro caught the first touchdown of his NFL career last week. You talked a lot, Frank, this week during the waiver wire portion of the week. How much you like Derek Carr here? You like Hunter Renfro, too? I have him behind both Danny Amendola and Demarius Thomas personally here. Again, another really good matchup going up against the Detroit Lions. They've allowed five touchdown scores to wide receivers over their last three games. We saw Darius Slayton with two touchdown catches last week as well. The problem for Renfro is that he played a season-high 64% of the snaps last week. That's actually a good thing. But the problem is it's still only 64% of the snaps. So there's a few other names uh, mixing and matching on the outside. Zay Jones, uh, Tyrell Williams obviously led the team in snaps, scored a touchdown in every game he's been in so far. I'm intrigued in Hunter Renfro, but I don't think that he needs to be added the way that the other two have. It is a very good matchup, though. Good matchup for Hunter Renfro. We'll see. Uh, this, game, you, this game is going to be high scoring, I would project, yeah? Yeah, 50 and a half total right now. Yeah. One of the highest in the week. That's pretty high. Um, let me go outside of the wide receiver position, and obviously I go back to tight ends because tight ends have been such a disaster. I picked up Jack Doyle uh, in one league as my tight end because I didn't know what else to do, Frank. He was left over on, Tuesday, on Wednesday morning, so I wound up picking him up in the first come, first serve portion of the week. I think he's still my tight end. Yeah, he is. I don't actually have anybody else to choose from. Uh, <laughs> so what do you think? Can I do that? Uh, yeah, I'm actually very intrigued by the Colts tight ends, trying to figure out which one. Now, that's a, that's a different question. I'll try my best to answer it right now. On the season, Jack Doyle and Eric Ebron, uh, the target share, very similar. Jack Doyle, 13% of the target share. Eric Ebron, 12% of the target share. But Doyle is still playing more snaps. He's running more routes. They've both been inconsistent, but I think this is a matchup that they're actually going to try and exploit with their tight ends because the secondary for Pittsburgh has played really, really well since they've acquired Minka Fitzpatrick, and they're allowing the eighth-most fantasy points to opposing tight ends. So I actually have both of these guys inside my top 12 this week. Right. Right? I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm really hedging here because I have them kind of ranked back-to-back, and I'm hoping that they both perform well. They probably or, won't. Or, or at least one of them performs well. Because the fantasy pros, how they do their rankings, it's yeah. like, oh, you got a lot of points for it. Yeah, ultimately, uh, I do like Jack Doyle a little bit more than Ebron All because right! he plays more and he runs more routes. Are there any other streaming tight ends that I could pick up instead of Jack Doyle that you have higher in your rankings? I know Doyle's in your top 12, but... Uh, Darren Fells is also inside of my top 12. I'm playing Darren Fells, though. You're playing against Darren, yeah. Darren Phil. So that doesn't work for you. Uh, how about TJ Hawkinson? I have him ranked inside my top 12 as well, Greg. That'd be awesome if I can get hot. Again, we go so right good. back to this game between the Raiders and the Detroit Lions. We could basically just use this as our Raiders and Lions preview for tomorrow, Greg. And we won't have to talk about the game. But ultimately... I'm going to not do this then. <laughs> TJ Hawkinson, uh, the targets have been inconsistent for him. But Oakland is giving up the third most fantasy points to opposing tight ends this year. They've allowed six touchdowns to tight ends. And again, what we're looking for for a, a streaming tight end is someone that can score a touchdown. So I actually have Hawkinson ranked higher than both the Colts guys because there's only one Detroit Lions tight end as opposed to two for the Colts tight end. So you don't really have to worry about, you know, 
Do I decide between Ebron or Jack Doyle? Uh, yes, Hawkinson has been inconsistent, but it's a really, really good matchup going up against Oakland. Alrighty, so uh, that's it for the tight end position. Oakland's yeah. offense has been great this year. Defense, not so much. <laughs> no, not so much at all. Uh, I Paul feel like Gunther, you could just, not doing a great job. You could just say that on repeat every single year, right? Well, normally the Raiders' well, offense is very bad. Good, yeah, no, but this I, year they're eighth in yards per play. It's very good. Very they're twenty third cool. in yards per play on defense. A lot of sugar in here. It's not good. What, what is that? What are you drinking? Uh, I cannot tell you. Oh, okay. Creation. Are we allowed to drink alcoholic beverages on the show? I never said you weren't. Oh, all right. I'll keep that in mind. You know, after the, Who knows what I'll come back with after, after next this break? After marathon call, I was just on all morning. <laughs> you haven't seen me all day. I have not. Kind of needed it, you know. That is that is very fair. Yeah. All right. Um, let me get to the running back. Let me get to the running back spot here. There weren't many running backs, obviously, to choose from off the waiver wire in general this week. So the leftover portion uh, of the running back position, admittedly. Not easy. How about Jeff Wilson? He still might be out there in some leagues, Greg. And we don't know what's going on yet for tonight. A lot of people have been asking us. Ultimately, we don't have the answers. We can speculate. I don't think either Raheem Mostert or Matt Breida plays tonight, Greg. And if that's the case, like we've said all week, we talked about Raheem Mostert as an ad. This is a good matchup going up against Arizona. You know that they're going to run the football. They are first in the NFL in rush percentage, the San Francisco 49ers. They're not just going to give Tevin Coleman 30 touches tonight. If both Brita and Mostert are out tonight, Jeff Wilson is elevated to a flex play. Would you start Jeff Wilson over your boy Mark Walton? No. <laughs> I mean, the Jets have been that bad. So it's actually interesting, right? So the Jets are second. They're second in the NFL in yards per carry against running backs. They do really good in that department, but they've been giving up so many touchdowns because teams are just driving down the field on them. Their defense has been on the field so much, so when they get in that area, they're allowing a lot of touchdowns, and they're also allowing a lot of receptions. Last week, Leonard Fournette had a career-high seven receptions against the New York Jets. The week before that, James White had seven receptions as well against the New York Jets. So Mark Walton, last week, had six targets. You can expect targets again this week. And I think there's going to be some receptions. I know normal. we spoke about him the other day, and we said, you know, if you have a wide receiver that is in a better spot like a Chris Conley, that you can yep. look that way. But if you're just asking me Mark Walton versus Jeff Wilson, even if those other running backs are out, I will go with Mark Walton. I think it's a good matchup against the Jets. One more running back left over to get to before Virginia joins us in a few moments. Trey Carson, Detroit Lions starter? Could be out there. What do you think? He is outside my top 36, so I like those other guys way more, especially if the 49ers, uh, Mostert, and Brita are out tonight. Okay, fair enough. All right, we'll take a break here. When we come back, Virginia Zakis of Inside Injuries will join us. We'll get the latest on Matt Brita and Raheem Mostert and more. Are you ready for the nation's first and only free 24-hour network dedicated to you, the betting and fantasy sports enthusiast? SportsGrid will provide you with real-time content, statistics, and gaming intelligence unlike anything you've ever seen before. Located both in the heart of New York City and inside the FanDuel Sportsbook at the Meadowlands, SportsGrid is live 18 hours a day, here to serve you, the fanatic. This is SportsGrid. Get on the grid. Inside Injuries with Virginia Zakis. Tis but a scratch. A scratch? Your arm's off. Back with you, BFFs. You hear the music. You hear the promo. That means it's time for Virginia Zakis of Inside Injuries. What's happening, Virginia? Hey, guys. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. You're, you're not dressed up. 
I was a little more concerned about getting a, a costume for my dog this year than I was for myself. So, what is Next your dog time. dressing up as? Um, his name is Tiger, so he's dressing up as a tiger. I thought you were gonna go Tiger Woods. To be honest with you, right? <laughs> I thought you were gonna get like a red that's, polo that's for the dog. Oh, okay, that's cool. That's cool. What kind of dog do you have? Um, he's a Cavapoo, so a Cavalier King Charles Poodle mix. That sounds adorable. He he looks like a little teddy bear. He is adorable. That's awesome. I, I want a dog, Frank. <laughs> You're alone on that, Greg. <laughs> you don't want a dog? No, I don't. No animals ever for me, ever. I grew up in a household with a lot of animals. I learned my lesson. No more animals. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, bud. Let's move on to the inside injuries portion of the program sponsored by Virginia. All right. Tonight, Thursday night football, it is the San Francisco 49ers taking on the Arizona Cardinals, and there are a plethora of running backs that are banged up in this one, Virginia. On the San Francisco side, you have Raheem Mostert and Matt Breida. On the Cardinals side, David Johnson and Chase Edmonds both ruled out. I know it's a lot to unpack. In David one... Johnson hasn't been ruled out yet, has he? He hasn't been ruled out this, he has this morning. Or maybe not ruled out. Schefter said he's not playing tonight. Okay. So that's ruled out in my mind. But anyway, all four running backs may not play tonight, I know it's a loaded question here, Virginia, but can you help us break it down? Yeah, I think the 49ers are, you know, seem to be in a slightly better position than the Cardinals, but um, Brita and Mostert are both, um, you know, looking questionable. It seems like both of them have a pretty good chance to play as long as their pregame warmups go well. Um, Mostert is de dealing with a knee injury. We're showing a grade one mild knee sprain. Um, should be healthy to return, we're showing in week 10, but he's a very high injury risk tonight. Um, Thursday night game is really not helping him in this situation. Uh, you know, Brita's dealing with a what looked like a low ankle sprain. Um, unfortunately, he dealt with ankle injuries throughout what seemed like almost the entire 2018 season. Um, he always seemed to return much faster than we expected um, and played pretty well, but re-aggravated his ankle over and over again. And I'm a little bit worried that that's what's going to happen tonight. So I think starting either of them is going to be very, very risky. Um, the 49ers could end up just kind of seeing who looks better on the first few possessions and then go with that guy. Could be a true split, but both are going to be very, very risky plays tonight due to their injuries. Um, like you said, it doesn't look like David Johnson is going to play as he recovers from that ankle injury, but we're showing a healthy to return date next week. So we're hoping if he doesn't play tonight, he'll have close to three weeks to fully heal and he can really get healthy um, and be good to go after that. Um, and then there's Chase Edmonds already out. We're showing a grade two hamstring strain, which is a more moderate strain. Um, we're actually showing he shouldn't return until week 12. Um, and this is expected to be a multi-week absence. So it could be a while before we see him back out there. Chase Edmonds has the bye in week 12 as well. So we're looking at him potentially not returning until week 13. David Johnson would be surprising if he plays tonight. And everything I just said the last segment about me expecting Matt Breida and Raheem Mostert not to play tonight... It's false, according to Virginia. So just pay attention before tonight. If those guys are ruled out, then we like Jeff Wilson. But ultimately, if they play, then obviously that puts uh, Jeff Wilson off our radar. Virginia, I want to ask you about James Conner. Obviously dealing with this AC joint in his shoulder. He said on a radio interview earlier in the week that he does expect to play. What does the algorithm say regarding James Conner? Should he be able to play in this game? And what would his injury risk be if he does play? Yeah, so we've seen uh, quite a few running backs this year with this injury, the same injury, um, a milder AC sprain. Um, you know, it's one of those shoulder injuries. It's painful to play through, but especially as a running back, it is possible. Um, the, the real concern is if he takes a big hit or if he lands hard on that shoulder again, the same way he originally hurt it, um, he may not be able to finish out the game. But 
hopefully it's more of a pain management issue tonight. Um, he did, or, or this weekend, um, he did avoid a clavicle fracture, which was a concern initially. So that's good news. Um, so we're saying that he should be able to play this week. He is a high injury risk, but he was already a high injury risk because this season already he's had quad ankle and knee issues. And in the last few seasons, he's had some injury issues as well. So high injury risk, but his health performance factor is above average. So our algorithm is saying he should actually play pretty well through the injury. That's just kind of surprising. James Conner. The Arabia. rare good news from, that? from Virginia. I like it, especially for us as a as James Conner owners, Greg. Yeah, again, rare good news. We'll take it. We will take it for sure. All right, let's continue on, Virginia, and let's keep with our players, Frank. That includes D.D. Westbrook. We saw him leave last week early. He didn't really play all that much. This week, they're in London, and he's practicing on a limited basis here thus far this week. What can you tell us about D.D.? Yep. So he was officially limited yesterday. Um, it sounds like he's back out there again today. So that's obviously good news, but I am pretty concerned about him considering it's something he's dealt with over the last few weeks and he aggravated. Um, it's always more concerning when a player aggravates an injury because that likely means that they made it worse the second time. So we are showing a healthy to return date, not until week 10. Um, had he just sat out last week, he would have been according to our algorithm, healthy to return for this week. But because he played, re-injured his shoulder, um, it's getting pushed back a week. So he is a high injury risk. Um, and his health performance right now is below average. So we don't expect a great game from him if he does end up playing, which it's looking like he's going to. Well, that is music to my ears, Greg, because while we never root for injuries here on the show, Chris Conley is someone that I am very, <laughs> very fond of this week in fantasy football. So even if D.D. Westbrook goes, he could be limited, uh, might even have a chance of leaving that game as well. So I'm not going to change my stance on Chris Conley, even if D.D. Westbrook plays this week. We're speaking with Virginia Zakis of Inside Injuries. Happy Halloween, Virginia. I want to ask you about Patrick Mahomes, limited participant in practice yesterday. He's going to be limited again today. Again, it still kind of feels like they might be bringing him along too quickly. What says you when it comes to Patrick Mahomes? The fact that he's on the field practicing, does that mean that he's going to be good to go and play this week? Yeah, I still don't believe he should play this week. Um, he was limited last week, limited again this week at practice. Um, unfortunately, I haven't seen any clips of him moving around yet, but that would sort of help us to sort of get a better feel for how his knee is progressing. But, you know, just two weeks after dislocating his right knee clap, it's still very unstable. Um, and, you know, even if he wears a brace and he's been doing extensive rehab, two weeks just isn't enough time for it to be strong enough uh, quite yet. So still worried about him. Um, we actually are showing that he has a healthy to return date in week 12. I don't actually expect him to miss that much time, but he is going to be in that high risk category until he hits that mark. Um, I'm, I'm thinking next week is looking a lot more realistic. Um, and I would also love to see him get in at least one to two full practices um, before they run him out there. Well, yeah. So I'm actually watching some video right now on Twitter yep. uh, that was shot yesterday from uh, Rob Collins of uh, Fox 4 TV, Kansas City. And it's just Patrick Mahomes jogging around a little bit, but he still looks ginger personally. So I don't know. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see. I, I know uh, Billy Hayes has a question in the chat like, do you play a quarterback tonight? Do you play a Garoppolo tonight? Or do you risk Mahomes playing? It's a tough one. You know, I think. I don't think it's a lot tough, to be honest with you. You would just go with Garoppolo? No. No, you wouldn't. Because they don't throw the ball enough. Correct. Man. Especially tonight, where I think they're going to run the ball a lot. There's yeah. enough quarterbacks out there. We've spoken about it Gardner Minshew, Derek Carr, um, Daniel Jones. And you have that luxury where tonight. Guys. If you decide not to play Garoppolo, you can just drop him 
And to pick up another quarterback that plays on Sunday, assuming yeah, that there is one. Yeah, you could do that. Yeah, I mean, no, well, in, in in any league, you could just drop the player now before tonight, oh, before oh, the yes, game starts, yes, of course, and you have an yes. open roster spot available. Yes, absolutely. To cover yourself in case Mahomes doesn't play. Absolutely. I to, think that's where I would go. I agree with you. I, I take the shot on Mahomes, even not at full strength. If he's active, you got to play him. This Vikings secondary is not what it has been, man. We oh, saw no. Case Keenum tearing them apart last Thursday night before he got hurt, of course. We're talking to Virginia Zakis here of Inside Injuries. And Virginia, I wanted to hit on um, Delaney Walker, which I know is like a crazy, boring one. But with Delaney Walker is Janu Smith was really good last week. And I know Walker hasn't didn't play uh, either really of the last two weeks. He didn't practice yesterday. The Titans bye is coming up. Do you expect Walker to be back? It is not looking like he's going to um, play this weekend. He didn't practice yesterday. Um, it sounds like he's dealing with pain in that ankle that he suffered that gruesome injury to last year, the fracture dislocation that forced him to miss the entire season. Um, you know, aggravations like this are pretty common when coming back from such a serious injury. And I think they're going to be very, very cautious with him, um, given the severity of that injury last year and his injury history. He's got a lot of injuries to his name. So I don't think he's going to play this week. Our algorithm is showing that the earliest he should play is week 10, um, but week 11 or 12 uh, looks a little bit more realistic. Virginia, we saw earlier today they announced a timetable for Joe Flacco, and while you know Joe Flacco himself is not all that fantasy relevant, he was getting the ball to star receiver Cortland Sutton so far this year. So what do we have uh, regarding Joe Flacco? Do we expect him to play again this season? He's out four to six weeks, um, according to Adam Schefter, dealing with a bulging disc in his neck. Do we have Virginia? Virginia is frozen right now, Greg. So uh, Joe Flacco, we'll find out uh, from Virginia regarding Joe Flacco, but Brandon Allen expected to start this week, and obviously you know, that has uh, huge implica- implications on the value of Cortland Sutton, who has been so, so, so consistent Cortland this year. Cortland Sutton, Noah Fant, two guys that we were kind of excited about coming out of last week's game with Joe Flacco. And Virginia, uh, will we have Joe Flacco anytime soon? So they're saying he's expected to miss four to six weeks. Our algorithm is showing a 10-week optimal recovery time for this herniated disc in his neck. Um, They're saying he doesn't need surgery, which is good news, but this is still a very painful injury. Um, And unfortunately, too, he's going to probably have to take, you know, around four weeks off from throwing so that his neck can heal. Um, It's just not realistic for him to get, you know, fully healthy in that amount of time. I also think it is possible that in the offseason he could undergo surgery if his neck doesn't feel 100%, um, you know, within a few weeks after the season's over. But I think he's got a shot to return. But if I had to guess, I don't think he'll be back out there late in the year. All right. So Joe Flacco could be done with his time in Denver, which hopefully isn't bad news for Sutton. Maybe in the NFL, as a starter for sure. Yeah. He's likely a backup moving forward. Virginia, we appreciate the time as always. I am excited to see pictures of Tiger. Have a great night. Enjoy trick-or-treating with Tiger, and we'll talk to you next week. Thanks, guys. All right. When we come back, Thursday Night Football preview with an update on Matt Breida and a whole lot more. Yeah, that's wrap up. Are you ready for the nation's first and only free 24-hour network dedicated to you, the betting and fantasy sports enthusiast? SportsGrid will provide you with real-time content, statistics, and gaming intelligence unlike anything you've ever seen before. Located both in the heart of New York City and inside the FanDuel Sportsbook at the Meadowlands, SportsGrid is live 18 hours a day, here to serve you, the fanatic. 
This is Sports Grid. Get on the grid. Do you want two risk-free wagers of up to $1,000? Go to pointsbet.com slash grid and open up a PointsBet sports wagering account. Enter the promo code GRID and you'll get two risk-free bets up to 1000 bucks. In addition to traditional betting, PointsBet also opens you also offers its own betting concept where customers are rewarded by how much they win their bet. For example, if you're playing tonight's NFL game and you bet the 49ers minus 10, if they beat the Cardinals by 12 points, you receive 12 times your stake. That's pointsbet.com slash grid. Enter the promo code GRID and you get two risk-free bets up to $1,000 today. Gambling problem? Call 800-GAMBLER, 21 and over, New Jersey only. Eligibility restrictions apply. See website for details. Have you looked into this points bet thing? I have I have not done it yet, but it sounds very interesting. Crazy. So yeah. I know what this promo says, um, but I saw Darren Ravel explain it like a different way. Mm-hmm. So Ravel basically said, if you bet, if you buy into this points bet thing, right? Let's say you take uh, the Niners minus 10 tonight, right? You bet... 10 bucks on it. If they win by 11, you get, you get, um, how what is it? 10 times, your, like, whatever that is, whatever that number is. I don't, I don't think it's, it's, not, it's not 12 times your stake, it's 12 more. It's like, all right, one times your stake because it's one point off the 10, right? If they win by 12, you get two times. You get 13 to three times, like going off, so on and so forth, right? Okay. So but, instead and, of doubling your bet, you would get like 20 or 30 right, or right. $40. Right, so, right. So, so let's pretend it's just even, it's just even odds just, makes, just for our purposes, right? So you bet okay. 10 bucks, you win 10 bucks in this regard, right? So if they win by 10 or you got to cover, so win by 11, you get 10 bucks. You win by 12, you get 20 bucks. You win by 13, you win 30 bucks. Like, ah, that's pretty awesome. But what happens if they lose? Does it go the other way? Mm-hmm. Ooh. So if they, if, they <laughs> wind up, if they wind up winning by nine in this scenario, you got to owe 20 bucks. Uh, yeah. There's always a catch, right? So you, but last week, if you bet the 49ers, so, imagine that against the Panthers. Right. So there, so there was like an example. So Ravel's wow. example was week one. It was the Ravens against the Dolphins. Okay. And somebody put like 30 grand on it or, or three grand, whatever, a lot of money on it. And they won by like 50 points, remember? Mm-hmm. And they got that much time as their bet. Like the dude made like 300 grand or something along those lines. And it does max out on a, say 10 times or 50 times or something. And you could actually put a max when you bet at points bet. You could put a max of how much you're willing to risk because it could go in the opposite direction, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you could put a max that you only want to lose, let's say 500 bucks or 10, or you only want to lose 10 bucks, you're betting a dollar, whatever. It was a really, really cool concept. Points bet has it all. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, that is pretty crazy. I mean, this works Use well. Use code grid if you want to do this, by the way. This works well for, you know, if you kind of keep power rankings or power ratings rather of teams yourself, right? And you see a line that's kind of out of whack, something that just really does not, you know, make sense to you. Let's say this week the Jets are minus three in Miami against the Dolphins. You're saying, well, there's no way. Like the Jets are going to win. They're going to blow them out. They're going to win by, let's say, 14 points. That's one that you obviously would jump in on because then, you know, for every point that's past three, we're talking 11 points past that. Like if you yeah. really think the Jets are going to blow out the Dolphins this week, then that's something that you look you look into. But absolutely, you really really have to be confident. And I think there's. There are times where you can tell that a line looks out of whack and you're like, I feel really good about this team blowing yeah. out this other team. That's where you jump in. Okay, let me move on, Frankie, and let me get to, let's just the Thursday Night Football before we get to anything else. I want to make sure we hit that. Cardinals and uh, Niners tonight, 10-point favorites are the San Francisco 49ers. 
in Arizona. Uh, the latest word that I've gotten, I've gotten, my Twitter feed has gotten, in regards to Matt Breida and his availability tonight. 49ers running back Matt Breida, who's listed as questionable with an ankle injury, is playing tonight versus the Cardinals. He felt good this morning, so he's ready to go. Do you trust Matt Breida? Can you start him? He should be in right the now, flex discussion because it's a really good matchup. I must pull the game where I asked the question and then answered it. <laughs> you should, I mean, you can answer. Go ahead, Greg, if you want to. Well, Me, personally, I don't think that I can get him in there unless I'm... Unless you're talking about, like, Matt Breida versus Trey Carson, right? Like, really desperate. Right, right, right. So here's the thing. With Breida starting, you can't start Jeff Wilson. Correct. With Breida although, starting... Although Jeff Wilson still might have a good game if Breida leaves. 100%. But there's just no way you're going to know. You can't start Raheem Mostert. Assuming he's active. I have no idea. Well, at this point, it doesn't matter because Matt Breida's already active. Correct. So now you are... The only the- one that you feel super confident in is Tevin Coleman, which is actually, Which is actually amazing because... That's not the amazing part. The amazing thing is, on Tuesday, the, our top waiver wire ads, Jalen Samuels, Raheem Mostert, Jeff Wilson, all may be irrelevant this week. That's why it's so tough to do waivers that early in the week, right? We're really just going based off speculation. Earlier in the show, I speculated that Breida and Mostert were not going to play... Comes out 30 minutes later that Matt Burita looks like he is going to play tonight. So, uh, me personally, Greg, I'm going to have to put him back in my rankings because, as I mentioned, I was ranking as if he was not going to be in tonight. But you look at some of those flex running backs, Greg, let's kind of run down this list here. Would you start Matt Burita over, let's say, LaShawn McCoy against the Vikings? That's, That's what we're really- talking about in, the, in those flex, that flex running back discussion. I would start Matt Burita. The matchup is a lot Over better. McCoy. The matchup's a lot better, and unfortunately, given how last week ended, there's no guarantee LeSean McCoy's the starter on his team even. That is fair. What about Matt Breida versus the other side of this game, Kenyon Drake? So I'm really glad you bring up Kenyon Drake, yeah. right? So David Johnson's not playing. Chase Evans was ruled out three days ago, which means Kenyon Drake, as Cliff Kingsbury said, is going to be mixed in. What does mixed in mean? I don't know. He was acquired three days ago by the scene. It's not an exaggeration, Frankie. Three days ago, he was acquired. Takes a physical, now you're looking at two days. He's had one practice with this team. And I understand he knows how to catch the ball out of the backfield and hand the ball, run the ball. I, I, I get that. I'm absolutely starting Matt Breida over Kenyon Drake tonight. I just... Like Kenny is it Drake, fair to have Kenyon Drake inside my top 36 at running back? Or like, is that too aggressive? I think it's aggressive. I think that Kenyon Drake will be used in, let's say, the two-minute drill where he... Here, you pass block, stay in, you, you pass block, or you go out for a route. I think that's what he specializes in. And then like Zach Center is so bad, man. So is Alfred Morris, but it's a revenge game for Alf. <laughs> it is a revenge game for Alf. And, and those are likely the three running backs that we're looking at being active here. I'm still going to have Kenyon Drake ranked inside my top 36 for tonight. So he is in that conversation as a flex running back. But Greg is right. I mean, this is a very risky situation. We have no idea how much work he's going to see. I kind of err on the side of... He's that much better than Zach Zenner and Alfred Morris that he probably is going to see double-digit touches in this game. And the way to attack the San Francisco 49ers, look, their defense is awesome. They are tied for first in yards per play on defense with the New England Patriots. They are first in the NFL in pass defense DVOA. They are 15th in the NFL in run defense DVOA. The way to attack the San Francisco 49ers defense is by running the football, Greg. How about this? They are allowing 4.43 yards per carry to opposing running backs this year. That's actually higher than you would suspect, yet they're only allowing the second fewest fantasy points to running backs because they are playing so many games with leads that 
opposing teams have to try and pass to get back in the game against San Francisco. They've just been blowing teams out left and right, so teams haven't really had the opportunity to run the ball against them, but the way to attack this 49ers defense is by running the football. I am not condoning Kenyon Drake as a must-start. He is not an RB2. He is in the discussion as a low-end flex, as a low-end RB3. On the other side, Tevin Coleman, obviously really, really like him in this spot. Coming off a game where he just scored four total touchdowns, going up against the Cardinals, who just allowed Latavius Murray to go for 157 total yards and two touchdowns. One of the best run-blocking offensive lines in the game right now without their two starting tackles. This is just absolutely insane what the San Francisco 49ers are doing. I think we get 15-plus touches from Tevin Coleman in the spot, Greg, and I am 100% with Gabe Marinci on Tevin Coleman's yeah, prop for tonight. Right? I'm not touching just the rushing. I'm not trust, touching 69. just the receiving. I'm going with the rushing plus receiving, the total yardage. Over at the FanDuel Sportsbook, you can get that at 80 and a half tonight. He might just do that on the ground. Yeah, That is minus 126, so I am in on the over on Tevin Coleman's rushing plus receiving for tonight. It's interesting because when Dane and I were talking about this on Monday night, I think you might have been involved in the conversation. Like, all right, what number are you betting Tevin Coleman at? And he was, you bet him over 94 rushing yards. I go, no, I'm not going to do that. You bet him over 84 rushing yards. I'm sorry, it's 104, 94. Would you bet him over 84? I go, I won't do that. Would you bet him over 74 rushing yards? I go, absolutely. His total number, you said what? Is 81? Is that what you said? Yep. Total number is 81. Rushing yards, I believe Gabe said this morning, is 69. Yeah, man, I'm in. I mean, you know that Tevin Coleman prop for sure. Yeah, so he's been back since week five. He's played four games with the San Francisco 49ers. He's actually only cleared this prop twice. The reason why he's been so valuable for fantasy is because he's scoring touchdowns left or right. So he is, you know, only two, he's only covered this two out of the last four games. But I think tonight against the Arizona Cardinals, based on the spread that we see in this game right now, the 49ers are laying 10 points in San Francisco. They're likely playing with a lead, and I think it's a good spot. How about this, Greg? Since Tevin Coleman has returned, he's averaging 16.3 rushing attempts per game. He has six total touchdowns. He's the RB5 overall over the last month of the season. He's absolutely getting it done, as some people would say, Greg. Yes, they obviously would. <laughs> Could you start Kyler Murray tonight? Thought about Jimmy G a little while ago. He doesn't yeah. he doesn't pass the ball enough. So can you start Kyler Murray? You can. You shouldn't. Because again, the San Francisco 49ers are first again against the pass in terms of pass defense DVOA so far this year, Greg. You tell me if I'm overreacting. I have Kyler Murray ranked as my 21st quarterback in a super flex league. I have Kyler Murray, Jimmy Garoppolo, Ryan Fitzpatrick, and Gardner Minshew. I am actually flirting with benching both of the quarterbacks that are playing tonight, starting Minshew and Ryan Fitzpatrick. Am I crazy? Probably. I just don't know what to expect from the quarterbacks in this game. Kyler Murray has five total touchdowns over his last five games, Greg. He has three passing touchdowns and two rushing touchdowns. It's not what you want to see. He hasn't been getting it done from a fantasy perspective. He's been running the ball more yeah. recently. I mean, he didn't do it last week against the New Orleans Saints, but now you're talking about a game where he's likely playing from behind based on the spread that we have in this game against a defense that is just feasting on opposing quarterbacks right now. They get after the quarterback. Kyler Murray is going to be running for his life tonight. His offensive line is not a good one. He's going up against one of the best pass rushes in the NFL, Greg. I don't feel good about Kyler Murray one bit. I have him as my QB 21. I would be streaming Derek Carr over him. Sure. Gardner Minshew's inside my top 10. I would use James Winston over him. I would use Sam Darnold. I, I have Ryan Fitzpatrick ranked one spot higher. Greg, start my quarterbacks. 
Ryan Fitzpatrick, Kyler Murray, Jimmy Garoppolo, Gardner Minshew. I think Minshew is the one that, that's locked in. I would lock in Minshew, and I would probably start Kyler Murray. I would go Murray and Minshew. Jimmy doesn't throw the ball enough. I'm not starting Ryan Fitzpatrick. But it's a good matchup. I understand that. Against the secondary? Yeah, Patrick Peterson is back, but we just saw he was back last week. Drew Brees yeah, threw for 373 and 3. It's a great matchup. Yeah. He doesn't throw the ball enough. Kyler Murray could do it with his legs and his arm. That's what I would do. No, no, that's fair. It's just, this is one of those that where I'm... It's not like I said a crazy solution. I'm going to be debating it right up until game time. Minshew is the one lock for me, and then I have to choose my super flex between those three. Uh, And it's a tough spot. Obviously, George Kittle, you love him tonight. Going up against a defense that allows the most fantasy points to opposing tight ends. I I like his prop tonight as well. I think it's 69.5. Nice. George Kittle definitely going over his prop tonight as well. That's why, you know, I think... It's a good spot for Emmanuel Sanders as well. Sanders is a low-end wide receiver three for me. He's like barely inside my top 40 because, again, I don't think that they're going to have to throw the ball all that much. But he is matched up against Tremaine Brock, Greg. And according to PFF, that is the best matchup tonight for all of the 49ers wide receivers. So I'm starting to talk myself into, all right, Garoppolo, if we like Kittle and if we think Sanders has a solid game, then we kind of have to like Garoppolo, right? I'm just trying to figure out Garoppolo versus Kyler Murray tonight, and a lot of people might have that decision for themselves sure. if they're playing the showdown Absolutely. slate. So, as of now, I do have Garoppolo ranked higher. You know how you win the showdown slate tonight, right? You start like Zach Zanner or Alfred Moore. Like one of these <laughs> it's it's going to be one of those, one of those dudes. crazy. Yeah. It's going to be... Uh, Colin Drew, if you're listening, that's how you're going to win 100 grand tonight. Actually, he should be telling us how to do it because he's been we're, we're, doing very good at it. You're not the Debo one. Debo Samuel, is. rushing touchdown, something crazy like that. Greg, I like the under tonight, and I'm not getting the way... I'm not getting in the way of the San Francisco 49ers. If I had to choose, I'm laying the points. I like the under more than the side. The Tevin Coleman prop is what you want to do. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube. Smash that like button. Follow us on Instagram at SportsGreatTV. He's Frank. I'm Greg. We'll do it all again tomorrow. We We hope. Are you ready for the nation's first and only free 24-hour network dedicated to you, the betting and fantasy sports enthusiast? SportsGrid will provide you with real-time content, statistics, and gaming intelligence unlike anything you've ever seen before. Located both in the heart of New York City and inside the FanDuel Sportsbook at the Meadowlands, SportsGrid is live 18 hours a day, here to serve you, the fanatic. This is SportsGrid. Get on the grid. Here's what you missed on the BFFs. Two laptops, one laptop with the research, one laptop, I'm inputting the research. The phone, we're watching the Knicks on the phone. The TV, we've got the World Series on the TV. So Wednesdays, a lot going on. I did not get to watch any wrestling, so probably catch up on some AEW this weekend. I watched uh, NXT this morning before I came to work because I didn't have time to watch any wrestling last night. I was watching the NBA, I was watching the World Series. Um, Steph Curry, tough break, literally. <laughs> I wanted to bring up the World Series because I heard Gabe go off this morning about um, about AJ Hinch and analytics, blah, blah, blah. And like, Alex, you can attest to this, dude. Like, you were there. Like, I don't really care. Like, everyone can have their takes, and that's fine. Like, I don't get involved in people's takes. But this take was so bad, man. Brian, you were there too. Like, it was so bad, these takes. Like, oh, I guess analytics lose because the Astros lost. The Nationals are old school. Like, what? Yeah, you're telling me the Nationals don't use analytics no, at all either? It was just like, you know why? Because Adam, Heat, Adam Eaton, he doesn't try to hit the home run or cares about a launch angle. He just hit a clean single up the middle. And I'm like... Who said that? Gabe, like, what? 
We should probably set him up with John Sterling. I just don't they can go hang out like, together. I don't mean that a huge hit. Don't get me wrong, but like analytics. That is so John Sterling though, right? Because John Sterling will, will always call out, well, if the shift wasn't in play, the Yankees would have had that one. But he doesn't call out all the times that the Yankees get outs because they have players in the shift, right? Here's the thing. So here's the thing about last night. And I watched, obviously I watched the whole game last night. I don't really have a problem. I only have a problem with one thing that AJ Hinch did last night. Truly. I had no issue, personally, pulling Greeky when he did it. He had 80 pitches. He walked a borderline walk. I get it. Allowed the solo home run. He, that was an egregious call, too. Agreed. So here's what happens, right? Let's say he doesn't pull Greeky. Next batter, single, walks. Now it's two on. Next batter's up. Now you're pulling Grinky, right? No, there's no question you're pulling Grinky. But you put Will Harris in a better spot. And maybe Will Harris wasn't the guy. He was tired. Fine. But he's been your guy all postseason. And you don't want to bring Garrett Cole or a different starter in in that moment, in the middle of it. You don't want to do it. So you bring in the guy that's been the best. And if you want to make the case that Joe Buck did last night, it was like, hey, this is when you bring in Roberto Osuna. I'm okay with that. That's a fair critique. But no issue with pulling Grinky when he did. My issue with Hinch, the only issue I had... Bases are loaded. Now the season's on the line, right? You're down, so you got to keep it where it is at two runs. You don't bring in Jose Urquidy when you have Garrett Cole sitting there. That you can't do. Yeah, I either would have left Granky in personally, or sure. I, I would have rather them go to Garrett Cole, right? Like, Garrett Even Cole's super spot. frustrated after the game, you know, putting on his Scott Boris hat. I am no longer employed by the Houston Astros. Looking good for uh, the New York Yankees, Let's go! I must say so myself. But yeah, Garrett Cole should have ended up in that game last night. He was ready to go.